such a cross section of humanity. I, I remember vividly being there for the first time and seeing you know gay couples, people skating in on longboards, you know people covered in tattoos, people in black tie and wedding gowns, and it was just a really amazing experience for me. And I took my ticket like as if I was sitting at a deli counter waiting for a you know a slab of beef, and finally got to go out to the window half an hour later. You know, I'm sitting there with the woman. She's typing away. I give her my paperwork. She slams this comically huge leather-bound ledger on the counter in front of me and says, okay, sweetheart, sign here. And I literally signed at the very bottom of this, like, two-and-a-half-foot-long ledger. And as I'm signing, I say to the woman, okay, you know, how long am I good for? When is this, uh, you know, when do my documentation expire? And she kind of stops what she's doing, looks up, and says, sweetheart, you're good for life. That's Noah Rosenberg describing the way to New York City's Marriage Bureau. Like a scene from all those Carrie Bradshaw movies. If you're an optimist. Yeah, that's not me. Before walking into the Marriage Bureau, Noah did what thousands of people online do each year. Not that. Nah, he got ordained. It's not Get, as much fun. <laughs> getting certified through an internet-based church lets people officiate weddings for their friends, relatives, even people they don't know. Yeah, didn't he write about this in the New York Times? He did, and the next day he got a message from a stranger. I got a Facebook message from a random couple in Atlanta who had read my article and more or less said, oh my God, you're a dream come true. We're looking for just such an efficient. Can we fly to New York and hire you to do our wedding? And I said, let's do it. Well, hey, did they ask him to play Farmville too? You got to keep those crops watered. I'm Davin Coburn. And I'm Eric Brandner. And today on The Underscore, the strange world of online ordination. Everything from a flash wedding at a New York City landmark to salvation at the top of Google's search rankings. So we've both been to a few of these weddings where friends have done this. How do you sign up to be a minister online? It's actually pretty easy, and it's technically free on most spots. So these churches aren't making any money? Uh, they are. It's just that the money's in the paperwork they sell you afterwards, saying that you're official. Okay, so I guess the better question then becomes, where did these churches begin at all? That is the better question, and it's not a modern invention like you might think. The godfather of the Internet's make-your-own-religion world, as I see it, is Kirby Hensley, back in 1959. But before the internet, how did he get enough visibility to actually launch this thing? <laughs> I'd have asked him about it, but he's been dead 15 years. So he just woke up one day and found God or decided he was God? He seems to be really well aware of God in a lot of different ways. Hensley apparently started off as a Baptist minister, was a Pentecostal minister at one point, and then he finally decided to start a church that respected all beliefs. A universal life church is what you're saying. Now you're getting it. And joining was as easy as you'd think. The only real obligation that he laid out was, hey, do what's right. Yeah, you stop into a church, you pass along the way, get down on your knees. Now you should record that. <laughs> this religion has another catch and it survives today still. Anyone can start their own branch of the ULC for a simple fee of $60 a year. So I can start my own church? Okay, watch out for Skippy's Crab Shack, Bowling Alley, and Universal Life Basilica. Those are going to be awesome brochures. <laughs> Just imagine the little claws. And... It's very Maryland-centric. The Hensleys aren't the only ones looking for your online ministry dollars. Aaron Sankin of The Daily Dot did a story on the ULC last year, and he caught up with the Monastery.org's Martin Freeman. To Freeman, there really, and at least in my conversation, there really wasn't a line between, you know, going out in the club on a Saturday night or being in church on Sunday morning. They're really that same sort of place where you can go and you can get community and you can maybe get in touch with something a little bigger than yourself. So does this guy have a clubhouse, a treehouse, 
a bingo hall, and like any place where people actually got together? Or does this just exist in Google? He had a place up in Seattle, but it's yeah, actually more important that you mention Google. Pages from freemansmonastery.org are the top two Google results for the search terms get ordained and get ordained online. Uh, yes, in the beginning, the internet was formless and void. <laughs> and then God created search engine optimization. <laughs> Never caught that verse, but it's possible. When it comes to monetizing, all these churches have to be aggressive in the SEO game. Freeman's church just does it the best. Here's Sankin again. Kind of outside of you know the religious context, there's this kind of SEO war that they're all kind of fighting just simply because they're all in the same business of ordaining people and you know the ordin the ordinations are free but paying for the certificate to prove you are a minister that costs a little bit of money so there is this bit of this kind of really interesting seo fight going on because if you go onto google and search for universal life church you'll come up with a lot of different options so are these basically just the godly equivalent of online diploma mills i mean it sounds like they're just rubber stamping religion well, sure, but if you're already a part of a traditional church, this is really never going to be an option for you in the first place. Hmm. Freeman Seattle-based disco had seemingly good intentions as a place for social outcasts to feel safe and party, but that was even conveniently morphed into a religion at one point. Uh, okay, but even if there are some pure intentions at the heart of it, you got to admit that selling somebody a piece of paper that suddenly makes them a clergy member is just a little bit shady. Yeah, no doubt. Sankin actually used the word hucksterism during our interview, and it seems like a lot of these ULC branches sort of have that sheen when you go look at them. Still, people keep coming back to the positives. Sankin and Rosenberg both talked about the value of being able to marry off one of their friends. Everyone's been to a wedding where you get the sense that the person performing the ceremony might not really know the bride and groom that well. The best wedding ceremonies are really ones where there you can tell there's that kind of close personal relationship. And I think the Universal Life Church and ordinating people allows that relationship. So it sounds like ULC really is just sort of solving a business need and giving people what they want. Classic business problem, exactly. See a void, fill a hole, collect your money. Most of the cash these churches make is in processing fees that they make to ship paperwork or ship the kitschy apparel that they make. ID cards, white ring t-shirts that say minister on the front of them. I want a mug. I want a travel <laughs> mug that says very reverend. <laughs> is becoming a minister really as easy as just going to the website and, and filling out a form? We're talking five minutes from Google search to ordained status. And if you want to add in some paperwork, another 90 seconds to type in your address and your credit card. How many people are actually doing this? By some estimates, 35,000 people are joining the ULC each year. 35,000? In a country that prides itself on freedom of religion, pretty much anyone can start a church. You've just got to check out your state laws, presumably file for nonprofit status, and just get moving. So Skippy's Crab Shack, Bowling Alley, and Universal Life Basilica is one brief Google search away, and it's nonprofit. Yeah, but you're going to have to compete with the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster and the Church of the Latter-day Dude, too. The Church of the Latter-day Dude? A guy named Oliver Benjamin started it in 2005 while on a trip to Thailand. He based it on the philosophy of Jeff Bridges' classic dude character in The Big Lebowski. Fake churches, real copyright infringement, next week on The Underscore. <laughs> a lawsuit over ideas would not be very dude-like. Yeah, right. I was, Jeff Bridges know this thing is out there? <laughs> Someone actually asked him about it at Lebowski Fest. So I would like to know what y'all and the dude would think, what y'all think and what the dude would think of dudeism. Dudeism? Well, I'm sort of flabbergasted by it. The dude, uh, he would dig it, I think. Yeah, I don't know. 
Supreme question. Excellent question. <laughs> okay, that was actually pretty funny. I really enjoyed that. But I don't mean to belabor this point. But we've got made-up churches, we've got shady nonprofits. somewhere in there we probably got a whole lot of weed. <laughs> but if I actually go along with this, they bestow upon me real legal power. Uh, there are a few more rules. Yeah, you'd hope so. This is all about what your local government's willing to let you get away with. Here's Sankin again. There are some counties in Virginia that don't accept um, universal life church weddings. Um, there have been a lot of issues in New York State. Um, for example, in, I think, the late 1980s, there was a divorce case where a judge voided a prenuptial agreement because the bride and groom were married by a universal life church minister and that wasn't entirely kosher under New York law. So this is the ultimate kind of check your local listing scenario. Basically. Noah Rosenberg, who you remember from earlier, had to go check in on that too since he lives in Brooklyn. I hope and think that everything is legal. I want, well, actually, one the, the first couple I did just had a baby, so I'm, I'm hoping that the baby wasn't uh, out of wedlock unnecessarily, but uh, we'll see. Noah's in the clear. New York City okayed ULC ministers to officiate weddings in the five boroughs back in 2006. How can I find out if I can do it here? Well, calling your local government office is always your best bet. You should double check to see if you have to register somewhere to perform a legal ceremony like a wedding, even after you get ordained through one of these churches. Okay. But if you wanted to do a 15 second check, Martin Freeman's monastery website has a state-by-state -state breakdown. That guy's killing it on SEO. Best disco church ever. Okay, so Noah was good up in New York, but what happened with that Facebook couple from Atlanta? Back in 2011, Noah was having a beer with one of his editors and he told him about getting ordained. That editor asked him to write up a pitch for the Times wedding section. Day after the story published, the Atlanta couple messaged him out of the blue and a flash wedding of sorts was set into motion. They ended up flying up to New York, um, just the two of them. My wife, then girlfriend, acted as a witness. The photographer, a friend of the couple's, was a witness. Really, just the five of us. Uh, and they asked the couple asked me, "Where should we do this thing?" And I said, "You know what? Let's do it in Grand Central." So we we just walked into Grand Central one day. You know, didn't get permission to do so. Just kind of sauntered up onto one of the balconies, and really did this wedding that I thought was was really really beautiful my wife to this day aside from our own wedding says it's her favorite wedding she ever went to because it was just so simple and and really just you could see the sheer love on this couple's faces and the cool thing was that as the you know the five of us were up there doing this wedding you know, kind of impromptu 15-minute wedding on the balcony overlooking you know the massive uh you know main area grand central there was a very large wedding party that had come through to celebrate after their big to-do wedding, you know, look, you know, in their gowns and tails and things like that. And I just remember them like pausing and looking up at us kind of in awe as if, oh man, like I wish we did something simple and kind of, you know, cheeky and, and, and casual like that. And then we had drinks afterward in this really cool old bar off of Grand Central. I think I had to hop in my, up on the subway and go cover like a, a fire scene in the Bronx or something, you know, for, for work. Uh, they went off on their way and they were married and, and, and that's it. So is Noah still doing this? I mean, it sounds like it's a fun side gig. He's technically available. Noah married a fourth couple after the Atlanta folks. It's just something that he likes to do. And it's clearly made for some good memories and even a running joke. You know, when you go on Universal Life Church, at least the, the site that I went on, you're able to select the title that you want to have. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not a rabbi. I'm not a, you know, a minister. So I think I ended up just jokingly choosing healer, which was one of the options. So my buddies started calling me healer. And to this day, you know, when I email them occasionally, I'll just sign my email like 
H. So what titles are you going to offer at Skippy's Crab Shack Bowling Alley in Universal <laughs> Life Basilica? Oh, you know, uh, the Bishop of the Ball Return and Deacon <laughs> of the Waffle Fries. Gotta have waffle fries. And then there's going to be that one dude we just called Padre. <laughs> so all the people we talked to in this episode have experienced marrying at least one person. And that includes this guy, who officiated a ceremony I attended earlier this year in California. My name is Joe Greenberg, and I'm a filmmaker living in L.A. Joe's a natural performer. He's currently the star of a web series called Coxman. What is Coxman? It's a comedy about a crime-fighting former porn star. Dad? <laughs> now, we all know Joe is a funny guy, but he said his perspective evolved as he was writing the ceremony. I think they were expecting something like funny to come out of me, and I started off kind of going that way, but the more I worked on it, like, the more of the weight of how actually serious this event was and how meaningful and this really isn't about me. <laughs> so like I wanted to, I started stripping out more and more. I mean, I kept some stuff in there. I mean, you were there, you heard some of the stuff and you know, I got some laughs out of some people, but uh, I actually went a lot more serious than I initially intended on. No matter where they got ordained, all three of these guys had one thing in common. They all wanted to do right by their friends on their big day. There were a little bit of nerves, but you know, once you get up there and you start talking, it's not too big of a deal. Hopefully I did a good job. They're still friends with me. Check out the underscore.net for extras that didn't make the episode, including more on how you can avoid running afoul of the law when marrying off your friends. And don't forget to find us on Facebook and on Twitter at underscore pod. A special thanks to Noah Rosenberg, whose website, Narratively, has some great reads, and Aaron Sankin and Joe Greenberg for sharing all their stories. Until next time, I'm Davin Coburn. And I'm Eric Brandner, and this is The Underscore.